0: Welcome to another edition of the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Pogelo. It is over. It is done. The race has been called. And now the nation's first state has given us the nation's 46th president.
1: Let us be the nation that we know we can be. A nation united. A nation strengthened. A nation healed. The United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, there's never, never, but anything
0: we've tried and not been able to do. Joe Biden of Delaware is now the president-elect. He will take office at noon on January 20th, 2021. But before then, a lot remains to be done. Joining me now is Democratic strategist Kathy Allen and Republican strategist Randy Peppel. And before we get into what happens next, I wanted to get your reactions to Joe Biden's victory speech on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I I think that uh, the vice president gave the exact kind of speech that we needed as a country and and two that we expected from Joe Biden and three that reminded us what we've been missing uh, over the last four years in terms of having a leader who abides by the norms of the office. We, We expect a victory speech that reaches out to those who did not vote uh, for the candidate. We we expect a victory speech that, uh, that expresses humility, uh, that expresses faith in God, that uh, it, it expresses hope in a better future. And, you know, that's not always what we've seen over the last four years. And so it was refreshing to have that. And now uh, the hard mm-hmm. part is, is uh, living up to those words as we go forward.
0: Of course, next comes the transition. But There's also the question as to whether or not President Donald Trump is going to accept the results. He's already tweeted that he's suing in in all of the swing states to try to invalidate some ballots. We saw Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal lawyer, going out yesterday saying that we don't know. Joe Biden may have uh, voted 30,000 times or something to that effect so there's been a lot of misleading and downright false information coming out of the president and his campaign. But do you think the American public is ready to move on, or are there going to be people who are still stuck on this notion that this election was stolen?
2: I would say, sure, people believe this, but in the real world, here's what's happened is that I've never seen more people who were more interested in putting this behind us to be able to kind of like move in a new direction so that we don't hate our next-door neighbor. More importantly, kind of an interesting thing in terms of the number of even Republicans who haven't been interested in standing behind Trump in regards to anything he wants to do. He's actually moved into kind of the clown stage, if you don't mind my saying.
1: Well, I think that, Kathy, you underestimate the fact that nearly half the country, about 49 percent of the country, voted for Donald Trump. Not all of those people think that this election is not legitimate based on whatever the, Trump, uh, the president is tweeting, but also their own fears about what was going to happen. But there's a significant uh, plurality there that does feel that uh, something uh, unseemly has occurred. And so that is a burden that uh, Joe Biden is going to have to deal with. And I think he will. Um, I wish I could say that the president would uh, at some point stop this destructive behavior towards our electoral system, but I don't uh, have any expectation that he will. Um, I I don't think that you uh, get to be a 70 plus year old uh, billionaire and listen to what other people think is right. I think he will follow what he believes, and that is that he could not have possibly lost And therefore, there had to be a thievery involved. And that's a good mantra for him. But the courts look at facts. And ultimately, unless he starts bringing forward facts about actual fraud, his court cases will be dismissed and uh, Joe Biden will be sworn in as our next president.
2: Whatever is going on out there, the interesting thing is that if you are somebody who was supporting Biden... And you're listening to what Trump has to say. You know what you are? You are digging deep and you are just holding down and saying, this guy is no one I want to be anything near. When at least what we see with Biden is somebody who is saying, I represent you too. You are not outside my realm. And more than anything, I think that when it comes to someone who looks like he's a spoiled brat who didn't get his way versus somebody who's saying, hey, you guys want to sit down and talk? I think that what we're seeing here is the beginning of at least why couldn't we all get along as opposed to screw you, get out of my life. I just want to get out of here and I won. I think that there's a difference in style and energy that the public is actually now hoping will be a whole lot more stable and perhaps even more reasonable than what they've seen with Trump.
0: I want to read a text that I got from a friend uh, during Joe Biden's speech, uh, and and I'm not going to name who this is, is someone uh, who who lives in another state, was an ardent Republican, uh, active in the party, uh, but was not a fan of Donald Trump. Uh, He texted me during the speech, I say this with as much seriousness and gravity as I can imagine. We have 70 days with a bitter, vindictive, unhinged megalomaniac with no one in his orbit with the courage to tell him no. Do you guys believe that?
1: No, that, you know, that is the fear that unfortunately colors the minds of too many that they think that uh, we're going to have a president going off the rails in all kinds of unimaginable ways. Um, and that uh, we need to guard against that. Frankly, that was what we were warned about going into Election Day. And yes, the president's tweets have been deplorable. I think they're dangerous for democracy. I think they're unfortunate. But at the end of the day, all they are are tweets. And I suspect over the next 70 days that as Donald Trump comes to the end of his four-year term, that he may try to do some things that would be harmful, and they just won't come to pass. As much of the things that he has wanted to do over the last four years that he's been unable to achieve have not come to pass. So I do not take quite a fatalistic view. I think that he will be bitter, undoubtedly. Will he concede? I doubt it. But at the end of the day, he will go. And that ultimately is the wonder of our system.
2: It's incumbent upon the winner. It's incumbent upon Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, to be able to open up and say, you know what, the path that we've taken to here is not acceptable to either side. What we need to do is be looking at what's good for all of us. And even though that sounds a little Pollyanna-ish, the real news here is people are tired of fighting and getting less done at more cost to them. I believe that what we're going to see here is at least an opportunity for people to stand up and say, can't we all just get along a little?
0: Randy, you mentioned that uh, you don't take such a fatalistic view, but you do believe that the president will refuse to concede. Do you think he'll attend the inauguration?
1: (laughs) To be quite honest, I don't care. The inauguration is about the American people welcoming their new president. And their new president is Joe Biden. And their new vice president is Kamala Harris. And so they will be welcoming them on Inauguration Day. If Donald Trump chooses to diminish himself even further by not attending, I really don't care.
2: In all of this, the less amount of authority we continue to give Donald Trump by just listening to him, the further back we are in terms of trying to get new things done. I think we have a country that is kind of holding their breath and hoping that we're not going to be as, as I would say, divisive as we've been in the last four years, still open for grabs.
0: For the last four years, we've seen... Trump essentially take over the Republican Party. It is no longer the Republican Party. It is really the Trump Party. Randy, you've been a strategist for this party and a member of it for many, many years. Has Donald Trump done damage to the GOP brand?
1: We'll, we'll be able to see the uh, level of damage as we resume normal activities. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't put that in the past tense when you say I, I've been a Republican. I, I am a Republican. I don't consider Donald Trump to be one, and I suspect that his influence on the party will be in direct proportion to how much he is trying to pick the next president. The more it is clear that he is trying to install someone of his choosing, the less likely it is that other Republicans will follow along. And so I suspect he'll return to having the level of power that any D-list television personality would have.
0: You think he runs again in 2024?
1: I do not. I, he's already failed miserably this time. And so I don't think he's got another uh, failure like that in, in his ego. He wants to pick the next uh, candidate. And so it will be incumbent upon Republicans to resist that and instead pick somebody who might be able to win.
2: Randy is right in the perspective that what he's doing is trying to amass the kind of ascendancy that uh, Trump could play in other. Years and other campaigns. The fact is that he goes out as kind of a, I would say, dishonored president. And in that process, what happens is that he's going to, you know, obviously make a big stink in terms of how he pulls out of this, even though his, his own lawyers are saying the paths to actually being able to contest the numbers so far is just not there. His own lawyers are saying that. What I think is that. This is going to be one of those moments, the kind of uh, yawn. We're going to have to get through it. And after we do, then life goes on.
0: The Democrats now have an opportunity. They have uh, gained a couple of seats in the Senate, may pick up the Senate. We don't know just yet. Depends on some other outstanding races. What do the Democrats have to do to not fall into the same trap?
1: I think that the Democrats have to first and foremost realize that they are negotiating with Mitch McConnell and that is never easy and always requires that you understand the priorities uh, that he has when you're proposing a deal. And Nancy Pelosi has been able to be proposing deals over the last couple of years that were subject to White House approval and less so to Senate approval. I think that the Republicans are going to retain control of the Senate. They'll win one, if not both, of the Georgia special elections that will happen in January. And so any deal that's going to happen will run through Mitch McConnell. And frankly, Joe Biden is as well positioned as any president since Richard Nixon or even LBJ for dealing with the majority leader because Joe Biden understands the Senate. And so I think that uh, there will be deals to be done. I think that infrastructure is one of the big ones that will get done next year. First will be a COVID relief bill, uh, and that will be negotiated perhaps even before Donald Trump leaves office. But uh, uh, I I think that there is work to be done that can be done, but not if there is a... disrespect shown to the Senate majority leader, because that's a recipe for nothing getting done.
0: Kathy, what would you advise the Democrats to do as a strategist for the party?
2: I would say is that, yes, I do think given the best thing I know personally about Joe Biden is that this guy is a great negotiator. He's also somebody that is not likely to lead with his chin. He actually leads with a piece of paper to say, what is it we can do to all kind of, you know, advance an issue, a cause, a bill, whatever. I do think that he is held in high regard about that. And I also think that people who have worked with him previously, even in the Republican Senate, have actually said This guy is the best at being able to cross the aisle, say, How can we all get together? What is it you need the most? What is it I need the most? And pull it from there. What I also think is that, you know, Kamala has also been, Kamala Harris has been one of the people who also has helped lead, I would say, major. Major issues where she was not going to be, nor were the Democrats going to be on the same side as where uh, Mitchell was. And so from all of this, there's a sense that there is uh, animosity that exists, but there's also evidence of people getting along. I am hoping what this does, it show a sense of, yeah, we can try to get more done by just not being obnoxious. Both sides have a lot of credits in those columns.
0: All right, Randy Peppel and Kathy Allen, Republican strategist, Democratic strategist, respectively. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Not a problem. Thanks for having us.
0: And that will do it for this episode of the Como Politicast. Be sure to stay tuned to this feed because we will have more as the transition moves forward. If you like the show, please leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. And for more, be sure to check out our other shows, such as Como News This Week, Life Beat with Marina Rockinger, and our hourly news updates. All are available at comonews.com slash podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening and have a good week.